Alex Harvey. So we've been studying the Lord's Prayer as a way to shape our life, and even though we heard most of it with uh, the kids this morning, we're going we're gonna to take a few moments and we can uh, recite this together. Oh, that's the wrong way. Uh, so would you, would you join with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's where we wrap it up. We've been looking at those first kind of sections, our Father in heaven, and then kind of the first three requests, which are really directed at God. It was, uh, you know, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And if we took those last three requests and we made a one-sentence sermon for us to remember, it would, it would be this. If you sincerely pray it, you should also live it, right? If we sincerely pray that God's name would be honored, if we sincerely pray that we want his kingdom to come and his will then to be done, we should live in ways which honor his name, which bring his kingdom in which his will overtakes our own will. But now we're going to move into perhaps maybe a, the, maybe a little bit more familiar part of the prayer, or maybe a little more familiar in, in the ways that we often pray, and that's uh, give us, uh, forgive us, and deliver us. Give us forgive us and deliver us. And so we begin with, give us this day, I forgot that part, uh, our daily bread. Kind of seems like an odd prayer at times. Give us today our daily bread. Or even the other way, which I told the children, give us today tomorrow's bread. It's, it's odd to think about food that way because even though the prayer is talking about our utter dependence upon God, with modern conveniences, it doesn't seem maybe like we're as dependent in our daily life on God. I can, I can think of times on the right side of our refrigerator, we have a a kind of calendar, and then for a while, Emily would write down legitimately every meal we were going to eat for a week, breakfast and lunch and dinner, and what we were going to have, what we were going to make, all those things, and, and we would then on Friday or Saturday before that week started, we would, we would go to the grocery store, we would get everything that we needed for that week, give us today our daily bread. I don't know, maybe on Friday we would say, Dear Lord, give us today all our bread for the next week. I, I don't know. You know, with modern conveniences, we just go to the store and fill it up. Even when we had an issue a couple weeks ago, our freezer, Emily walked down. 
she went down to the freezer and noticed that it was not running. And she noticed that some of the things were just beginning to start to thaw. And here we are, we had you know, 20 pounds of ground beef and the you know, most important thing, ice cream and all of those things in there. And so we quickly put it all in boxes and because I live so close to the church, I occupied the church freezer. But even if we would have lost all of that, I don't think I would have went to bed and said, Dear Lord, please give us tomorrow's bread today. I would have just thought, well, I can just, I can just go to the store and fill up my freezer. Or I have a whole pantry that's, that's full of canned good items, whether it's I canned it myself or I bought it from the store in that tin can. It seems that we have so much food, so many conveniences that the prayer for give us our daily bread doesn't seem to have maybe the force that it did previously. Because we can just find it so easily. How do we then, in today's modern world, you would say, craft that dependence upon God for all of the things we need and, and recognize that God gives it to us and, it, and, and, and it's gracious of him to give it to us and, and that he gives it to us and he gives us his, his blessing by giving us all of those things that we need. You know, Jesus, Jesus' people that he was speaking to as he was teaching this prayer would have had an idea a concept of, of stories of bread or recognition of give us today tomorrow's bread or give us today our daily bread. They would have remembered stories perhaps from their own ancestors in, and we would read them in the book of Exodus, but they would have had more oral tradition perhaps about it. And, and, it, and to remind us what was going on in, in Exodus is we had uh, the people of Israel in Egypt. And the, the, the Pharaoh had changed over and he forgot who the people of Israel were and, and why they were there. And so he started oppressing them. And, and then the Lord raised up someone after he heard the cries of the Israelite people, Moses, who, who came and, and delivered them. Uh, delivered them not by his own power, but by the strength of God and these these call, we call them ten plagues. These ten things that happened that caused the Pharaoh to say, yes, get on out of here. Then Moses led the people across the, the Red Sea and into the desert, and they were wandering in the desert. And when they were wandering in the desert, we'll pick up the story here in Exodus chapter 16. In the desert, the whole community, about estimated about 2.4 million people at this point in time. Okay, 2.4 million people wandering the desert, living in tents. Okay, uh, in the desert, the whole community, all 2.4 million people grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat, and ate all the food that we wanted. But you've brought us out in this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day they are to prepare what they bring in, uh, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Here we have 2.4 million people complaining and grumbling to Moses and Aaron Even though in Egypt they were slaves, they somehow remembered with gratefulness and gratitude the the meat pots and and all the food that they had to eat, and they, they could eat until they were full. And yet now, even though they were free and and they were not in, in captivity, that they were not slaves, they wished they would have just died in Egypt. If only we had died in Egypt, then then we wouldn't have been out here with nothing to eat. Then God responds with bread from heaven, manna. What is it? And they were only to gather. It was a a test. They needed to be disciplined in, in their gathering of this food. Give us today our daily bread then would would probably have a little bit more meaning because they would gather today their daily bread and only enough for today. You know, God even gave them quail, meat to eat. They had pots full of meat. Well, now the ground would be covered with meat. And they gather only what they needed for today until the one day, the the day before the Sabbath, the sixth day, when they would not only pray, give us today our daily bread, but give us today tomorrow's bread as well. And and the Israelites then would, would be disciplined and gather up only the amount that they needed for this day and tomorrow. They would, they would gather that up and store that. If they had gathered too much, if they gathered more than what they needed, it wouldn't be good. It would kind of rot and fester, and, and worms would be growing or squiggling around in it, which doesn't necessarily sound appetizing to me. God would go on then, to replace those pots of meat with quail and and to give them bread each and every day, sustaining the Israelites by his own hand and in his own power. And we'd see other stories as well in the book of Exodus. God is, is caring for his people as he is giving them what they are in need of. We see it when they have no water and they're thirsty, and God tells Moses to, to strike a rock. And water, fresh drinking water, comes flowing out from it. And, and elsewhere, actually in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we hear some of the other ways that God would sustain the Israelite people as they were wandering in the desert. It says that the Israelites' feet did not swell, even though they were walking in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't 
need a new pair of sandals because they lasted 40 years. You know, I heard this phrase, they don't make them like they used to. They, their clothes didn't wear out. Emily, if we had clothes for 40 years that didn't wear out, my word. Uh, I got shirts that I've tried, but they get real thin. Or, or even if clothes don't wear out, uh, the kids, you know, I don't know, they wear them out like in 10 minutes. The knees, all of a sudden, they got holes. But the Lord, by his guidance in his hand, his gracious hand, causes the Israelite shoes and clothing to last as long as they were wandering in the desert, caring for them for 40 years in the wilderness. As we consider this phrase, give us our daily bread or give us today's bread, or tomorrow's bread today, we can look at the catechism which we read earlier the first part, do take care of all our physical needs so that we come to know that you are the only source of anything or everything good. When we pray, give us today our daily bread. It's, it's not a grumbling to the Lord like what the Israelites were doing. It's not a, a complaining to the Lord. Though, if you think about it, God did honor the request of the Israelites even though they were complaining. God is gracious enough to, to look through our, our faults and, and our, our, our ways that we are complaining and grumbling and, and seeing what is really at need and then gifting that because... He is the source of everything good. But what we need to frame that request of our daily bread in is everything that has come earlier in the prayer. If we begin praying by wanting God's name to be honored and living that way, if we begin praying that we want to see his kingdom come and are living that way, if if we are praying that his will be done on earth just as it is in heaven are in our living that way, taking upon his will as our own, that, that frames how we pray when we get to give us today our daily bread. N.T. Wright says this, he says, the danger in praying for daily bread is that we get there too quickly. We omit those other three things that shape our being that that cause God's will to penetrate into our hearts and minds and we get to this other this list of things perhaps you say the the laundry list the honeydew list whatever you want to what do you want to call it we we skip the will and skip the kingdom and skip honoring his name and come with the Lord I want you to we're, we're skipping out on those you could call them glasses that frame whatever is in this list, whatever is we're requesting through the lens of God's kingdom and his will and his glory and his honor. But when we 
when we come to God looking through those, those glasses of his kingdom, will, and honor, we, we come so confident, confident that, that what we're bringing to the Lord is, is truly something that is good and a good gift that he desires to, to give to his children, and, and, and then therefore we don't need to backpedal when we pray for something. We don't need to pray, dear Lord, I ask you to do, and then backpedal it with, well, if it's your will. If we're looking through those glasses of God's will and his kingdom and his honor, we don't need to backpedal by saying, well, if it's your will. It's almost like we don't believe that he's going to do what we were asking. If, if we believe that God has the power to do what we're asking, then we stop there. Dear Lord, I ask you to do X. Amen. No need, no need to say if it be your will, because you already were looking through the lens of his will in your life. Does that mean he will actually do that? We don't know. Sometimes God comes in the world and, and does so in supernatural ways that we just don't quite understand and we have no words for it. I think of, I think of something, I think of Bruce. Bruce, two years ago, what did you do? Bruce went dog sledding, and as he was going dog sledding with Harvey, this isn't in my notes, I'm going off script here, uh, he, he uh, had a little accident and, and tore his ACL, and, and while he was there, they looked in his leg and saw it was broken, but they saw something else, and they said it was cancer. And, and he comes back to, to Grand Rapids, and he goes through all of these other tests while we are sincerely praying for Bruce together. And what happened, Bruce? They couldn't find it. Now, we could, we could turn on our logical hats, and, and we could try to explain away these things like, well, you know, maybe they didn't really see anything, and they, they, they didn't find it initially, and now they were just confirming it. Or we can recognize that it is God who truly works in this world in ways that sometimes we don't understand. And at certain moments in time, he will reach in by supernatural means that we do not see and somehow remove something from someone's leg and say, all you got is an ACL problem. Go get it fixed and go dog sledding two years later and have a great time. Other times, God will, will reach into this world in other means by, by coming into this world and, and, and us sincerely praying for someone's healing and, and sincerely desiring that, that God comes and does so. And, and what we see happen is then, God takes the hands of surgeons and, and doctors and nurses and care plans and, and surrounds that individual with those things, bringing about that healing that we were praying for. But there's those other times which sometimes we, we have difficulty with when we sincerely pray when we sincerely desire for God to, to show up to do something miraculous or to do something where he's working through a certain treatment and 
and it doesn't happen. Those times where we, we as Christians often take solace with those words like, well, he's or she's in a better place, recognizing that that healing didn't come here in the supernatural way or, or the medical procedure way, but that healing came through the bread from heaven. Jesus Christ, who has, has paved the way not only for us to experience the good gifts that God has for us here today, the, the good gifts of a warm worship place to be in, the good gifts of technology that sometimes frustrates us but allows us to worship from home, the, the good gifts of food that is on the table, the good gifts of a freezer that is working, the good gifts of a refrigerator where things don't perish, the, the good gifts of, of glasses that let us see when normally we wouldn't be able to, the good gifts of hearing aids and hearing loops within the building that allow us to listen where before we were unable to. The good gifts extend beyond all of those things into eternity where, where Christ has a good gift for us. The good gift of a room that he has prepared in advance for you and for me. The good gift that comes in the fullness of his kingdom coming to earth. The goodness that we somehow just have to marvel in because we maybe wouldn't understand it on our own. As we, as we think about those gifts that are coming in the future, we can bring those things to God where we would love to see him interact with today. And, and, and I think it goes beyond just the needs of ourselves. It goes beyond uh, the need for food or the need for clean drinking water. It goes beyond the need for housing and, and good HVAC systems. It goes beyond the need of reliable transportation because, because uh, of this. Uh, John Calvin adds to this prayer for bread and, and for water, so to speak, to that we are to pray for all we need to eat our bread in peace. We are to pray for all that we need to eat our bread in peace. When you think about that, it goes beyond all of the physical needs. It goes into the realm of needing safety, needing protection. It goes into the realm of governmental systems. It goes and expands what we pray for to be everything and anything in the world. Everything and anything in which we need to see God's sustaining hand break into a certain area. That's why uh, we have some values here at this church, and we have one value that says we pray for the world. That just doesn't mean we generically pray for the world, but we specifically pray for the world. That's why when we send out our prayer emails, and, and if you're not signed up for them, I encourage you to do so. We have a community and global mindset where we try to, to, to put items that are around the world that we believe that God desires us to pray for him to break into 
for, for certain groups of people that they too may experience God's daily bread and be able to eat that bread surrounded by the peace and the care of God. When we think of looking through the lens of God's will and his honor and, and his kingdom and, and think about praying expansively in the world, it includes so much. As one commentator put it, he said, bread costs money, money requires work, work requires good government, good business, and good labor. Our prayer not only reaching into governments, but now reaching into to workplaces, reaching into to businesses, reaching into to labor practices. The opportunity for us to, to come to God in prayer, not only for our needs, but for the needs of others. That's why we, we encourage and say, come, come to us with all of your requests for prayer that we too may join with you in praying for God's daily bread to come to you today. That God would be able to come to you and sustain you in, in whatever thing you're going through right now. And there's so many ways that, that we can encourage prayer in this way, looking through, through God's will and looking through his kingdom and, and looking through his honor. You could Sign up for those prayer emails like I mentioned. You could join one of the small groups that continually pray for other individuals, praying for themselves but also others, interceding on behalf of you and, and me for God's kingdom and his will and his, his glory. You could open our directory. There is a paper one if you request it. You could pray through each name. Each month you... You may get a prayer calendar that, that has a list of names of, of people that are in your kind of small group, so to speak, of, of members in the church. We are all divided into four groups, a family group, so to speak. And, and you could pray through those names. You never know what God is going to accomplish as you're praying through them. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was talking to a member, and, and she said, I was amazed. I, I looked at the prayer calendar this month, and my name was on the exact day that I had a medical appointment that I was concerned about. And her, knowing people in our community were interceding on her behalf that, that God would sustain her, gave her comfort. It gave her peace stepping into that appointment. But we can, we can do other things, too, as, as we... Anyone watch the news? Anyone read the paper? Is, there is a thing called the paper, I think, still. As you, you look through those things, it's not just information to be dissected. It's not just information to wonder how truthful it is or so on. It's an opportunity that God is inviting you into a prayer for his sustaining life to enter into different situations. If we think back in the last several years of maybe things that were in the headlines, we could have 
saw the headlines about Flint, Michigan and the water issue and be led to pray. Not just pray generally, but pray specifically for the practices that led up to it, for justice to be had, for people to have a new water system developed that they can receive fresh and good water to their home just as we would expect, that EPA standards would would be followed. As we consider today, maybe we consider economy and and how people, some people are are not at work. We, We pray for people to develop skills to find employment. We pray for people who are just exiting college to be able to find a job, even though oftentimes they have no experience and there seems to be this thing like, hey, entry-level job, only five years' experience needed. We eagerly pray for those items. We, We pray for areas where we see military issues. Perhaps you see that North Korea let off some missiles once again, or we hear something about Russia and Ukraine, that there's building military force at the border. And it's an invitation for us to pray for God's sustaining presence among those people. Even though we don't know the full story, perhaps, it doesn't stop us from praying on their behalf. That bullets and missiles and intimidation tactics would cease. That mindsets within people for power would would be overcome by a dependence on God's power instead. That God would would stop these wars and these rumors of wars and and all of those things that, that could happen. Recognizing his power in his presence can overcome all of that by his sustaining presence. But I think this prayer for bread, the bread for today and the bread for tomorrow, goes back to something earlier. If this prayer at its heart is about acknowledging God in every good gift that he gives in our life, then it's a prayer that we want people to know the bread from heaven. It's a, it's a prayer that, that we would desire and, and think of a, a face or a name in your mind right now. Close your eyes. Think of a face in a name. And, and say, Lord, I pray that my daily bread for today, the, the bread that you give me, the sustaining uh, power that you give me too would be extended to, to him. That, that the desire for a life that is sustained by you would, would not just end with me, but it would be extended to, to all of my friends and all of my family and all of my coworkers that they too would, would come to know your sustaining presence that they would come to know your sustaining power, and that they would come to know that you have good gifts and good desires for them, namely, through Christ, our bread from heaven. 
the fullness of God's prayer comes when we recognize and acknowledge Him in everything. Not just these physical things that we're given, like good coffee. Not the physical things that we were given, like that I could go buy more coffee tomorrow because, or yesterday because I ran out, right? Not because we've gotten a new car, a, a new house, or a new toy. Not, not because we've been saved from, uh, from something that was going on in our life that was difficult. But that we have a life that has a hope that stretches from this day on into eternity. Because God's sustaining presence in our life sees its pinnacle in Christ Jesus who came so that you could have life and you could have life to the full. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for your sustaining hand. Your hand is always present in our life, and, and, and even so, your hand is always present in those who, who don't believe in you, giving them a, a semblance of your good gifts, even though they do not recognize it as such. It is our prayer, Lord, that we could pray sincerely for your sustaining presence here in our lives, in the lives of our friends and our families, in the lives of of children and grandchildren, in the lives of aunts and uncles, in the lives of all those we know, and and even even those we don't. Lord, we pray for your sustaining presence in Ukraine and Russia. Lord, we Pray for your sustaining presence in all the different countries that are currently experiencing lockdown. We pray for your sustaining presence in the people who who are alone, who, who just desire someone to talk to. Lord, we Pray for your sustaining presence in, in families in cold climates that ask the question, are we going to pay for food this month or the heating bill? Lord, we pray, we pray for your sustaining presence for, for kids who go to school and, and can, can experience the free and reduced lunch program, and yet at home, the cupboards seem bare. Sustain them by your hand. Lord, there's probably so many different other situations that we could pray for your sustaining power. And we know you desire good. So hear our prayers this week as we come to you. Hear our prayers as you cause your spirit to work within our lives, to to look at the world through the eyes of your will and the eyes of your kingdom, in the eyes of your holiness. 
that everything we 